2: Drive sober or get pulled over. I'm your host, Jake Litarski, joined today by Eric Katuri. If you're out there on Twitter, give Eric a follow, please, at cat 30 You can follow me at JakeSki52. One final reminder before we get started if you're uh, listening to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher and have a second to leave us a nice review, that will be greatly appreciated. It helps boost, boost our ratings, get us out there. Let us keep doing this for you here. Well, Eric, let's get right into the top news of the day. Uh, I see the top headline on our page right off the bat. Des Bryant suffers a concussion. What's your degree of concern at this point?
3: Well, I mean, you should always be concerned about concussions since they're so murky. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we have no idea. Do we you have know, any
2: idea about the grade or severity, or is it just no. still all kind of coming I mean, out?
3: This, so the Cowboys don't have to release any information other than saying that he's in the concussion protocol and, mm-hmm. you know, he has to go through all the tests, um, get to his baseline, and then uh, get from an independent neurologist. Mm-hmm. So at that point, he will be back, but who knows when that will happen.
2: Yeah, after the year off, do you think Dez just came in too gung-ho? Like, he, he was a surprise... Play in that preseason game. He went ahead and he got a, he, he got a touchdown. And now this concussion happened at practice. Where mm-hmm. I think in this day and age in the NFL, you you'd think there'd be systems in place to kind of avoid that from happening. Now, granted, fluke things can happen, but maybe he was just too gung ho, too eager to get back on the field after all the missed time. Yeah, and I I haven't seen like a play or anything.
3: I don't even know if there's video of this at all. Yeah, so most likely isn't. It
2: could be one of those that's <laughs> closed to the media. Yeah,
3: yeah, like but yeah, it's it seems like why would one of his teammates be, you know, a little overzealous and going after their star wide out, you know, unless it was just like a random
2: fall. You know, yeah, I guess that, that could happen too. You, you never, you never really know. Sometimes, especially, of course, a lot of these practices closed off to media. Mm-hmm. So heading into fantasy drafts here, we've got Des Bryant, number ten overall among wide receivers. I actually thought that that might be a little bit low because I'd probably bump Des. I, I like him more than T. Y. Hilton, Brandon Cooks a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think Mike Evans is where I draw the line. I'd rather have A. J. Green or Mike Evans than Des, but it, it is murky, you know, mm-hmm. at that point in time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, still top ten receiver. I mean, of course, we're going to watch for reports and whatnot too early to knock him on your draft boards, right? You still got to go after him early second round, right?
3: Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, there are still two weeks, too. I yeah. mean, that's plenty maybe, of time maybe to recover the, and go maybe, through the protocol. Yeah, and maybe by the time you personally have your draft out there, mm-hmm. like, we'll know, and he'll be totally clear in the yeah. clear. Yeah, just
2: another <laughs> vote of confidence for those late drafts. I can't, yeah. I can't stress enough. If you want to have fun playing fantasy football, don't do a draft on August 1st so half your roster has a chance to get hurt (laughs) because values do change. That's very important here. Let's talk about his Cowboys teammate, though, Ezekiel Elliott. He's someone that's getting a lot of first-round love, a lot of top-five love as one of the top running backs on the board. I mean, I think we can both agree that Gurley and David Johnson kind of separate themselves and and should be taken higher in fantasy drafts, probably PPR or non-PPR. But looking down to Zeke Elliott, he makes a pretty solid case for third, and he's going to get to prove that because he was back in practice yesterday, so that's good to see. And he's set to make his preseason debut on Thursday. Uh, Are you looking forward to watching Zeke Elliott give it a chance here? Oh, oh yeah,
3: for sure. You know he's going to be the bell cow in Dallas. I want to see if he actually is going to be utilized as a pass catcher in addition to a rusher, too. I mean... That the fact that he could approach, say, David Johnson level. uh, I mean, if I'm taking him, I'm I'm probably taking him in the top Mm -hmm. ten, right? Almost definitely. Yeah, exactly. So that would just give a little added benefit and give me more confidence to see him, uh, you know, use as a pass
2: catcher as well. Yeah. yeah, right on. Now, now, RotoWire, actually, you know, I mentioned Johnson <laughs> and Gurley being the only two ahead of him. We've actually got Le'Veon Bell with the three game suspension at number three and Devontae Freeman at number four. Then you go to Zeke Elliott at number five. Right. So, uh, a top five back either way, which in, in traditional formats especially should warrant a first round draft pick.
3: Yeah, it seems like we're going back to the days of, uh, you know, running backs. More running backs are going in the first round. Uh, mm-hmm. um like, you know, five, ten years ago in drafts. Like, yeah. like the, the, the past few seasons of fantasy football yeah, were, yeah. when
2: guys like Eddie George and uh, Sean Alexander were uh, carrying your fantasy teams. Right. I, don't, I, I don't know if we're back there yet because I think people have gone so far all in on the wide receiver, wide receiver strategy that – there is our, like our our president peter Schenke, likes to make this point a lot like our running backs being undervalued in the first round now because so many owners are dead set on the wide receiver wide receiver right. if you got ahead of that trend and were are taking double wide receivers when the rest of the nine picks in your first round were running backs then there's a chance to execute that strategy and 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 have a really solid team being built that way now that that's almost a common play It might be time to scale back a little bit. You thinking that might be the case, or
3: yeah? I mean, (laughs) we just had a stake league, our straight stake league draft last week. Mm -hmm. We don't have to go into the specifics of why it's called the stake league, but uh, last week uh, I took uh, David Johnson and uh, uh, Doug Martin pretty high. I mean, I had to spend a lot of Mm -hmm. money to get them. But yeah, you know, something like. over $80 combined to get those two. But you look at your backs, they're better than any other back combo in the league. Right, exactly. But I guess my point is uh, it's, it was non-PPR. That that played into my like consideration when it came to that league. Mm-hmm. But also I just think... Um, running backs are a little undervalued, like you
2: mentioned. Exactly. And, uh, well, the main topic of the show today is going to be to dive into some sleeper running backs that mm-hmm. if you do want to use this wide receiver, wide receiver strategy, which, you know, it, it has its pluses and its minuses and, and there, there's, there's definite benefits to it but either way and even if you're not using the wide receiver wide receiver strategy it's helpful to find sleeper backs in the later rounds guys that could eventually have their stock rise that could be just one injury or one suspension or or one really solid performance away from having their stock rise so we're going to talk about that a little bit later on in the show but first off nobody ever gets in their car thinking i'm drunk i'm driving and i might kill someone tonight they might think i've had a few but i'm okay to drive or i only live a few minutes from here or Man, I've gotten away with this plenty of times before, and they think that right up until the moment uh, they put somebody's lives in danger. Thousands of people are killed in drunk driving crashes every year, and it's better to be safe than sorry. One way to do that is to download the free Safe Ride app to help you call a taxi or send a sober friend to your location when you've been drinking. Remember to drive sober or get pulled over. Well, Eric, we talked about a lot of sleeper running backs kind of here, and uh, we want to start out with one guy that I own quite a few shares of uh, because uh, the other big news that we didn't get to in the first part was Matt Jones. He's dealing with that shoulder injury. He's going to miss the last two preseason games. You know, they're they're saying he could be back for week one. Matt Jones is getting some pretty decent love in auctions and, and drafts so far before the injury here, but with that type of injury, are you starting to look more at chris thompson or maybe even rob kelly as uh a a late draft option here and potentially get someone that you could use at at, at running back this season
3: well i'm i guess i'm going to start with talking about matt jones injury first it was an ac joint sprain we didn't know like Mm -hmm. severity then it became a uh separated shoulder and then it progressed to a grade two separated shoulder Mm -hmm. now that puts him really in the week to week, you know, category rather than day to day. I mean, there there is a chance that he might be able to tough it out mm-hmm. I mean, and be ready for the regular season, but it seems kind of iffy at this point. Is
2: he Emmett Smith? Can he just pop it back in and get <laughs> yeah, back out there? Right, no, I
3: don't see that happening. <laughs> yeah, for some reason. <laughs> but uh, yeah. But ahead. then we we I mean, the fact that he's going to be week to week in my mind and maybe puts his uh status in week one in danger. Uh, Yeah, Chris Thompson is a decent option. I'm just worried the fact that he's a more of a third down back, Mm -hmm. a pass catching back than he is, you know, a guy that can actually handle uh, all three downs. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think they want to probably keep him in that role. Do you agree with that?
2: Yeah, you know, I could see that. And then that would maybe open up the uh, the door for a guy like Kelly to get some more carries. And yeah. that's interesting.
3: In rookie key. I mean, these are both rookies, uh, Rob Kelly and Keith Marshall, the seventh mm-hmm. round pick.
2: Yeah, I did see recently that Keith Marshall maybe is falling on the mm-hmm. depth chart behind Rob Kelly.
3: Yeah, that that is the case. I think it's more so like the performance uh, so far. Rob Kelly has 10 carries, 48 yards, and the only rushing touchdown Mm -hmm. for Washington in the preseason so far. Okay. Um, And Keith Marshall, 15 carries for 25 yards. Uh, Granted, Marshall hasn't had, you know, a huge workload to actually be, you know, show off some of his Mm -hmm. elusiveness, shiftiness, and speed, you know, breakaway speed that he has that we Mm -hmm. saw at Georgia.
2: Yeah, they're... the way I see it, there's going to be value in at least one, maybe two of these backs, depending on how deep that your league goes. And I was starting to think that even a little bit before the injury, because I I spent I was one of those guys that spent a big chunk of my fab money on Matt Jones last year. As mm-hmm. soon as he broke out and it looked like Alfred Morris was going to lose his job, I went all in on Matt Jones. And there were a few things that I noticed. Number one, on the year and the 13 games he played, he fumbled five times and lost it four times. That's Mm. never going to get you, as as a young 23-year-old back in your sophomore season, that's not going to get you too far with a head coach. That's concern number one. Concern number two, he averaged just 3.4 yards a carry on 144 attempts last year so that also not necessarily working in his favor so I was starting to lean towards Chris Thompson in maybe some of the last rounds of, of my MFL 10s mm-hmm. where you do 20 round drafts and you kind of got to take flyers at the end there sure. so I was, I was using him there but now I actually bought him for a nice $1 buy in a 12 in team auction that I did last weekend mm-hmm. because it was the night of the Redskins preseason game and Matt Jones did get hurt and when I hear ac joint that reminds me to a couple of years ago when i was a jordan cameron owner and he could never quite get on the field with the ac joint exactly. followed by concussions and the what you mentioned the separated shoulder that's worrisome here so yeah you can't go out there and play in a sling yeah, yeah, that's one thing that <laughs> can't really carry the whatsoever. ball whatsoever. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Matt Jones, his stock, of course, is is most definitely falling here. Uh, you look at, uh, I mean, he's seventy one overall in ESPN leagues, and he's lost two and a half spots in the last seven days. Rightfully so. He's only going to lose more spots as people begin to react to that news. So that does make Chris Thompson an intriguing. Uh, sleeper option but you also don't want to overlook Marshall and Kelly because possible second and first and second down backs but Mm -hmm. PPR leagues like the auction that I had I think Chris Thompson could very well be a a viable option here the next sleeper we want to talk about today Eric it comes from Seattle who is traditionally a run first offense and after Marshawn Lynch went down last year Thomas Rawls broke, in, broke onto the scene, and he all of a sudden is becoming a second-round pick in a lot of drafts. His ADP is going off the charts here. But Thomas Rawls is a guy that's, he. I don't want to say relatively unproven because he's had some pretty solid games last year. But that being said, given that he doesn't really have the track record of being a back that can sustain 16 games, are there values in his backups? Well, so <laughs> a large uh, part of the viewing
3: public— Uh, NFL public that is uh, thinks preseason is kind of meaningless Mm -hmm. but if you go back and and say sometimes rightfully so yeah indeed so if you go back and look at say the top five rushers in last year's preseason I don't have this off the top of my head but I know for a fact that Thomas Rawls is actually in the top five in terms of rushing just yardage and when you go back and look at that and then consider what he did last year you you, I mean it's not far-fetched to see like you know or forecast what happened you know mm-hmm. so um c j Procease has not got on the field yet because he's been dealing with a hamstring injury, but once mm-hmm. he does it will i i will like to see um actually what he can put together mm-hmm. and I know he won't be working against first teamers. But let's see what he does. Let's just see what he does.
2: Yeah. One of the guys in that backfield that stock maybe seems to be rising as a sleeper is Christine Michael. He's somebody that year after year gets brought up in fantasy circles. He's been brought up on our waiver wire uh, podcast before Mm -hmm. due to the potential for opportunities there. But he's really the guy that ProSize has to, has to surpass. He has to leap to mm-hmm. be able to uh, really work his way into sleeper territory. So what I did when I spent all my money early in auction, I was actually using ProSize as a $1 buy when I was forced to nominate to see if I could just trick someone in, into spending 2 or $3 on him mm-hmm. and get him, off my, uh, get him off my plate and maybe drain, slowly drain the money of other owners. It's kind of a late, tricky auction strategy. Mm-hmm. We could do a whole show on that. Oh, but yeah. ProSize really needs to get past Christine Michael. But what I like about ProSize... Six feet two hundred twenty. He's got good size. His forty time four four eight. That's pretty solid for for running back here of his size, especially the vertical, the broad jump. Athletically, he's there. It just seems to be will he or will he not get the opportunity? And his health hasn't done him any favors early in camp. Yeah, exactly. I
3: mean, the, this hamstring injury is almost behind him though, so mm-hmm. it, it will be great to see him this weekend. And just note that he's the only legitimate pass catcher in the. Uh, CX backfield right now. Mm-hmm. Um, he was actually a receiver his first two years in college. Overall, yeah. in three years at Notre Dame, he averaged 14.5 yards per catch. Yes. I mean, that's very nice. And even last year, it was something like... Mm-hmm. Um, 12 and a half, I believe.
2: Yeah. And, and I don't know if Pete Carroll will use him like this or not, but I kind of think mm-hmm. of seeing James White line up in the slot, not only at Wisconsin and, and then with the Patriots. Yeah. You know, he could get he could find his way onto the field in a variety oh. of ways exactly. once he's healthy and he's got the side speed speed combo to do it.
3: And an injury could thrust him into the number one spot potentially exactly. at some point.
2: So he's got all the intangibles of what you would call a sleeper in mm-hmm. fantasy. There's no doubt about that. But he also needs to be someone where if you do draft him with one of your last picks, you can't. Uh, I don't know if if it gets three or four weeks in and he's just not seeing the field, he maybe isn't someone that you have to hang on to. But for now, worth taking a shot on, maybe early, especially in those deeper formats here. (laughs) Another guy I want to take a look at is uh, former Cleveland Brown Terrence West, who now is with Baltimore. I believe signed there last year. And he wasn't someone that until the start of the preseason was getting much talk, much love at all. But you look at this Baltimore Ravens depth chart, You've got Justin Forsett at the top, supposedly. He is on the wrong side of 30 now, just just past that. Uh, the workload hasn't been crazy over the last couple of years. He did have an awesome fantasy 2014 season really b- bursting onto the scene, uh, but last year kind of took a step back, only played in 10 games due to injury, just found the end zone uh, two times between rushing and receiving, so not a whole lot to like uh, in in that sense. And next behind Forsett on the depth chart is javorius buck allen and and that's someone that i'm also seeing some work late in drafts here as a potential sleeper he did uh 514 yards and a touchdown last year so he produced at a reasonable level but then we're looking at guys like terrence west and kenneth dixon and terrence west turned some heads when he scored two touchdowns in the first preseason game and then went on for another nine carries for 33 yards in the second preseason game caught a few passes out of the backfield, never really got there in Cleveland. If he gets an injury or perhaps some sort of depth chart change in Baltimore, is is there a way that he kind of works his way into fantasy relevancy?
3: Well, so the performances you just mentioned are just kind of extensions of what he was doing in the offseason program. He Mm -hmm. wholly impressed uh, the Baltimore coaching staff in the offseason. I'm not really surprised that he actually has busted out a little bit here. Of course, he has hurdles in front of him Justin Forsett and Javorius Allen, but I've also heard I also heard some rumblings in the off season about Javorius Allen, you know, potentially not making the team. Mm-hmm. So if that actually happened, you know, West could be the legitimate number 2 and you know, just a uh, stone's throw away from number 1.
2: Yeah, West only got 3 touchdowns la- or I'm sorry, Allen only got 3 touchdowns last year. Two mm-hmm. of them actually most of his damage came through the air as a pass catching back, so I think the appeal the appeal with Allen is is the whole PPR game but i remember he had an opportunity in the preseason he fumbled in the preseason he did lose two fumbles during the regular season and and those numbers that i mentioned are spread across he did appear in 16 games so yeah yeah i think Allen is a guy who i don't, I don't know if west is ready to leap him on the depth chart just yet right. but it almost certainly Allen's stock is falling a little bit and and West's stock is only rising little by little and he's helping his case with a good preseason. Whereas well, I don't know, Allen in his first preseason opener, six carries for six yards, and then you look at the second preseason opener, I'm not even seeing it, Four carries for 14 yards. So not exactly turning heads there. <laughs> uh not, and he looks like he caught two passes for zero yards, caught both of his targets, uh gained a yard on one, lost a yard on the other. So West is getting there. Will you take West in a standard 12-teamer? Probably not. I think West is one of those guys to utilize the watch list feature on rotowire.com, exactly. throw him on those watch lists, watch for a role change. I'm guessing he may or may not be someone you'll hear Eric and I talk about on the Waiver Wire podcast this year. I Because totally he seems see to work his way into relevancy yeah. midseason. <laughs> I mean, after being kind of a castaway in Cleveland, getting a new opportunity there. Mm-hmm. So someone to watch out for. Maybe not the sleeper that you want to uh, use a late draft pick on. Now, part of the no punt running back strategy is you're being very vigilant on the waiver wire and trying to grab those running backs early on I think every fantasy owner needs to be vigilant on the waiver wire trying to build depth regardless but it's even more important to do so if you decide to punt running backs in a format so watch out for Terrence West just in case we mention him at some point Mm -hmm. another guy I kind of put in that same situation but he's someone whose stock is rising quite a bit he he's someone that uh you definitely wanted to include on on the show and i'm starting to see why that's mike Gillisley of the buffalo bills here can you kind of bring us your rationale behind that well so over the weekend i guess
3: in my opinion the most shocking thing that happened was seeing carlos williams get cut by the bills that was a combination of you know coming into camp overweight um
2: off, there, off the field yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's right. there was, he had there a suspension. He had a he, suspension that he was facing anyway. Yeah there was a it was the perfect storm of, of there, seeing a guy who produced for you last year getting cut early on in the season.
3: So he
2: you know, he came into camp over
3: eight, but then they noticed that his weight started hovering up again. Mm-hmm. So it made them think that he wasn't actually taking uh football seriously, and that, that was one of I think that was might have been the final straw. Um, right. In the decision making process, but because of that cut or release of Carlos Williams, Mike Gillisley is now considered the top backup to Lashawn McCoy by Coach Rex
2: Rex Ryan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that obviously is that just because Reggie Bush doesn't have enough like reps or or experience with the first-team offense or anything like that? I think Because you would think that would be Reggie Bush's turn eventually.
3: Yeah, I I think it's more so because Reggie Bush is coming off a torn MCL. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's he's also 31 years old. And I think they want to just have him uh, stick with what he's good at right now at this point in his career, which is going to be the return game and maybe some pass-catching reps uh, occasionally. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, um, McCoy we know missed – four games last season his first season in buffalo right mm-hmm. so and those were two different actually injured two different injuries two mm-hmm. he missed two games mid-season two games the last two games of the season and because of the absences at the end of the season gillisley actually got to show off some of his wares last year all oh, right um so yeah. he averaged 5.7 yards per carry Ooh. scored three rushing touchdowns and even caught six to seven targets in the last five games of the season before that he was inactive mm-hmm. um or didn't Actually, take the field. Yeah.
2: So, at the very least, what we're saying here is that if you are going to use an early, probably a second round pick on LaShawn McCoy, I think that's fair. If you're going to buy yeah. LaShawn McCoy for 27 to 32 in that range, is where I'm seeing him go for in most of my drafts. It wouldn't not be unwise. Sorry for the double negative, but (laughs) it'd be be wise to consider handcuffing him with Gillisley, because Gilleslie's the handcuff now. It's no longer Carlos Williams. It's Mike Gillisley. Yeah, like use your last pick in the draft on him. Mm -hmm. I did this with David Johnson. Even though it was a 12-team league and it was an auction, with my very last $1 buy, I went ahead and snatched up Chris Johnson just in case. Just in case.
3: I'm surprised he didn't. Go for maybe two dollars or something
2: yeah people kind of went nuts with their money early on <laughs> oh, really? and uh that kind usually, of overlooked yeah. them and i also tricked a bunch of people into taking some scrubby people that maybe they thought that i liked and they wanted to steal them from me i so love doing that end, yeah <laughs> uh, I, there were a few people i nominated that were like okay you probably shouldn't be going that far but again yeah. that's a whole nother show auction strategy yeah. here do you enjoy playing fantasy football for cash but are tired of the same game offerings or hosting sites keeping too much of the prize pool i know i am if so check out maximum fantasy sports.com. They offer a variety of season long and DFS fantasy football leagues with features. No other website has and pays out 90% of the prize pool. Does your state prevent you from playing in a DFS league and you are not interested in a full season league? MFS runs monthly fantasy football leagues known as four-week frenzy leagues that are available to you. Forget salary cap leagues and use the online draft for all your full season and short-term leagues at Maximum Fantasy Sports. If private leagues interest you, register your own at Redraft and Keeper Leagues using options like in-game player changes, multi-team trades, team quarterbacks, bi-week rollover, and more. You can even run your survival pools, confidence pools, Pick'em Pools and Square Pools for free at MaximumFantasySports.com. Join today. Eric, we're going to continue our running back talk of the day, and we're going to move over to one of my favorite options on this whole list out of people that we're, we're talking about, and I just really like the physical tools that he brings to the table, and that man is Devontae Booker of the Denver Broncos. Uh, I wasn't necessarily burned by C.J. Anderson last year. I, I stayed away from him when I could. Turned out to be a good, a good move overall until he started coming on towards the end there. But if this happens again, and I know Hillman's kind of in hot water regarding his roster spot right now, how much impact could Devontae and Booker make this season? Uh, I think a decent amount. Let's uh, turn back to Hillman a little bit. Yeah, uh, let's wh- start there. That's a good point.
3: Um, when it comes to Hillman, uh, it's more so um, monetary or financial. It's for, It would be a financial decision over his actual play. So he did lead the team. Ronnie Hillman did lead the Broncos in rushing last year, mm-hmm. the Super Bowl for the Super Bowl champs, by the way. So, um, it, and he's actually had a decent preseason as well. But he's actually due 1.4 million in unguaranteed money, whereas the other running back on the roster right now, uh, Capri Bibbs, is only. Uh, Do five five hundred twenty five thousand dollars. I mean, that's like
2: Hillman's bonus, essentially. Yeah, his signing bonus, as opposed to some guy's full season salary.
3: So, (laughs) I think they just want to keep their flexibility open in case they have to make some maybe last second um, moves, Mm -hmm. and you know, right before the season starts, to Mm -hmm. get to the or to own like the back end of the fifty three man roster. Um, I gotcha. So, I I could see them doing that to maybe save a million dollars. Uh, especially since that money due, Hillman, is unguaranteed.
2: Yeah, a million bucks is nothing to pro sports franchises normally, but when you're in a salary cap like the NFL, that can really help the back end of your roster. And hey, man, Devontae Booker, he's a beast. 5'11", 219 we're looking at. I don't have all his combine data. He did cash in 22 bench press reps, so that's pretty solid. Uh, So I'm just looking at what's available to me here. He looks like a guy who can do some damage physically. And the Denver Broncos, uh, with that kind of shaky quarterback situation, seem like a team that are going to do a lot of running the ball and short dump off passes on the offensive end. So, I mean, is there potential for two, even if C.J. Anderson stays healthy and lives up to expectations, there's probably a decent chance that two backs can be productive in an offense like this, correct? Yeah, I would say
3: so, and especially since they don't have Manning around anymore, and there's uncertainty with who's going to be under center. Mm-hmm. They, uh, it seems like Coach Gary Kubiak wants the quarterback out there who's going to make the le- least number of mistakes, mm-hmm. and that seems to be Trevor Semyon. I was well, going to say a, hey, that's a oh, different. That,
2: that's not a description of Mark Sanse- said uh, Mark yeah. Sanchez that you just made right there. But <laughs> that any, makes the least amount of mistakes. He's not but, winning that battle.
3: But anyway, it, no matter who is under center. I, they're going to be a run focused team. Mm-hmm. You know, Demarius Thomas is still going to get his yards and touchdowns and Emmanuel, Samuel, Emmanuel Sanders to a lesser extent, but this is going to be a run based offense and there's definitely room for two running two fantasy relevant
2: running backs
3: in this uh situation.
2: Exactly. I mean, heck, I even took I took Virgil Green with in the 20th round of a league I just did because like, Why not? He's the only Mm -hmm. tight end there, but that's another side topic. But (laughs) either or, I was really upset because I lost out on Devontae Booker in my most recent auction. I threw him out there as one of my last one dollar bids, and then some guy threw out it was three bucks and and took him from me. And I was I was slightly upset about that. Mm -hmm. You know, I redeemed myself by getting Chris Thompson and David. I'm sorry, and Chris Johnson, a couple mm-hmm. of Chris's here with my last two picks. <laughs> but anyway, that's just a side note. I actually really like Devontae Booker as a sleeper. I don't have shares yet, but there's still plenty of time. I'm going to be doing a handful more leagues here. Uh, so definitely uh, going to try to get myself some Devontae Booker. Um, you, you got a fun fact for us before we move on to the next one? Yeah, yeah. So uh, j- this is just a question that or just something that
3: I noticed when I looked at the uh, encyclopedia of the Denver Broncos on uh, uh pro football reference Mm -hmm. or just football reference rather um so anyway who is the last running
2: back to lead Denver in rushing in consecutive seasons consecutive seasons um I I promise I didn't look at anything is it Terrell Davis no it's actually more recent than the head more recent than (laughs)
3: Terrell Davis it's actually not too long ago but it's kind of a surprise guy like a guy who's totally out of the
2: league now it's Monty Ball no no Uh, (laughs) he fits the totally out of the league now description I guess he does indeed (laughs) so
3: so uh Actually, Willis McGahee led the Broncos in rushing in 2011 and 2012, and they actually did it Uh, back-to-back. So Nosha Moreno did uh, uh, 2009 and 2010 okay and, and then Willis McGehee got and then it. Willis McGeaghy. and then the next season it was no Sean Moreno again
2: oh all right I got you oh
3: <laughs> well Willis we, McGehee, we've one had of
2: most, yeah, one of the most brutal knee injuries I've ever seen
3: but we'd have we've had four different lead rushers over the last four seasons in Denver and mm-hmm. I could definitely see it being five and if mm-hmm. that's the case Devontae
2: Booker would be the man yeah I mean if Devontae Booker gets hot early on I don't see why they'd turn away from him I mean Running backs are. I mean, they're not. They're they're essentially a dime a dozen in this day and age, age in the league. Yeah. So it's not like it's not like a baseball pitcher where you get a young guy and you want to conserve his innings. If Booker's going to carry you and get hot, you're going to just feed him the rock.
3: Yeah, and it just seems like historically you you want to have the you know you know the second banana running back in Denver because you
2: know he's gonna like bust out at some point mm-hmm. yeah I mean if Ronnie Hillman was able to do it last year then I I, I don't see any reason why Devonte Booker who I think they got as a steal in the draft he was like fourth or fifth round pick yeah but they got him as a steal I think it's uh time to give him the rock give him a chance here
3: yeah and, and according to John Elway uh um Devante Booker was actually
2: the Broncos' number two-rated running back behind Ezekiel Elliott in this draft. Oh, wow. So they're ready to give him some attention, and that's very exciting news if you happen to have already grabbed him in your fantasy drafts. Well, Eric, now it's time for our safe sleeper pick, sponsored by Drive Sober or Get Pulled Over. Many of us will be downing beers at our fantasy football drafts, which leads to bad decisions in the later rounds or worse decisions getting behind the wheel after a draft. Today's safe sleeper pick of the day is... James White, former Wisconsin Badger, great here. Eric, you want to kind of sum up the circumstances around White and why his stock is rising at this time? Yeah, so his stock is uh, solely related to
3: Deion Lewis and his you know lengthy recovery from tearing up his left knee last year. So he tore his, ACL, left, his left ACL last November 8th. Mm-hmm. And according to doctors, like the ACL is uh, structurally sound, but they need to do a cleanup of the left knee and that means he's going to be out for 8 to tw- 8 to 10 more weeks. Mm-hmm. So then if, if you're thinking 8 to 10 more weeks, you're thinking, you know, the latter half of October at that point. So that that's going to put, that's uh, more than a third of the fantasy season for us here. And that mm-hmm. puts James White so um, you know, in the spotlight in New England as a yeah. pass catching
2: back. Now mm-hmm. I know I chuckle at the dude's in my draft that uh I mean, it's an unfortunate break. Granted, it'll probably happen to me now, but he was like a $15, $20 buy in some of the most recent drafts that I've been in. Right. Uh, So yeah, so here we have James White, who I kind of alluded to a little foreshadowing earlier in the show when I was like, well, James White can line up out of the slot sometimes. Mm -hmm. He did that at Wisconsin because it was James White and Melvin Gordon at Wisconsin. Yep. So of course, Melvin Gordon, the main tailback, James White got some work as a pass catcher because the Badgers always have a real hard time recruiting solid wide receivers, despite, I don't know, they got a couple around in the NFL here Uh, Mm -hmm. right now. They train them well but uh anyway yeah James White we know LeGarrette Blount's going to be there kind of I don't want to say Bell cow cuz he's not going to see like He's he's probably not going to see 30 carries a game, and and Belichick changes his game plan significantly on a week-by-week basis based on his opponent. So there's going to be some James White weeks. There's going to be some James... Remember Shane Vereen, where he'd go like less than five carries and then he'd score three touchdowns in a game and stuff like that. So James White is actually a decent candidate for your best ball formats. But There's also some utility in season-long. Blunt's stock rises because of this Lewis injury, but not nearly as much as uh, one would think because, I mean... Garrett Blunt didn't do what Deion Lewis did. James mm-hmm. White does. So mm-hmm. that's going to make him a safe sleeper to use as even one of your last picks in a 12-team format. I couldn't knock you for using someone like James White. He certainly uh, got the got some of the numbers when he started. The, he kind of had that rookie season where he was active, inactive, on and off. Got mm-hmm. to get used a little bit more last year. Yep. And we think it's ready for a step up this year? Yeah, exactly. So if,
3: you know, you mentioned those matchup-dependent uh, game plans that Belichick puts together on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, in 76 in week, uh, 13 or 12, <laughs> whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, so against Philadelphia last year, um, James White actually had 10 catches for 115 yards and a touchdown.
2: Mm-hmm. And maybe we'll see a few more of those. This I mean, year.
3: if you, if you happen to see it coming and have them in your lineup, that, mm-hmm. that was probably the difference between a win and a loss yes. or even for daily purposes,
2: mm-hmm. uh, you know, yeah, I was always very keen to uh, look at the type of defenses for DFS purposes uh, that you know the Patriots running backs would have because normally, because they're not consistent producers week to week, you can get Blunt and White or Lewis or whoever it was at a relatively discounted rate. But if you can kind of some, this is so hard to do even even for us uh, professionals here. It is so hard to actually get into Belichick's head and see yeah. how he plans to attack an opponent because a lot of the times the the opponent thinks, okay, I got this. This is how they're going to attack him, and then Belichick throws you a complete wild card and does the completely complete opposite. So in best ball formats, kind of like the MFL tens, where your best lineups just taken every week, no matter what. James White is a great late round pick, and uh, even in those season long leagues, uh, if he gets anywhere near the value of a sixteen game Deion Lewis, he all of a sudden becomes RB three, four, creeping with a maybe his, his ceiling might be RB two, but but there, there's potential there, and the price that you're going to pay for him makes him today's safe sleeper pick of the day. yes
3: yeah, so we had a nine we had a nine game sample size for him last season, including playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh just those stats, uh cumulative, thirty nine catches on sixty two targets for four hundred and thirty six yards and four touchdowns. You know, extrapolated over the course of the season. You would take any running back that gets, you know, uh, nearly eighty catches mm-hmm. Over 800 yards and eight touchdowns. I mean,
2: that's four to five catches a game on average, and that's a big-time floor in PPR formats. Yeah. The value definitely higher in PPR formats here. Well, that's going to wrap things up for today's episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Drive Sober or Get Pulled Over. Once again, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm Jake Latarski You can follow me there at jakeski52. And over here, I'm Eric Katuri, and you can find me on Twitter at etcat30. The Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast will return Wednesday with John and Joe.